0: Welcome to B-Side Conversations. These conversations take place at the end of our sermon series and aim to encourage deeper discussion with our pastors. God can definitely speak truth in a moment on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, but oftentimes God speaks truth through community and honest, organic conversations. We hope and pray that these podcasts could be a unique way that questions and tensions could be discussed and resolved through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening and love you, family. Welcome to B-Side Conversations. Uh, B-Side Conversations is a kind of cool kind of side ministry um, that uh, encourages conversation around our sermon series. We come up with some really great uh, sermon series and really different topics to discuss. But um, as we will start this coming Sunday, we're going to do a new sermon series and time marches on. But it's important that the Lord has kind of given these words that are our, our pastors, and it's an opportunity to kind of try to take something uh, specific and uh, kind of bring it into uh, our life as a church moving forward. So uh, I want to introduce Reverend Clint Wiley. Heyo. Amen. And uh, Reverend Jeremy Bass. Hey. Also known as Pastor Jeremy Bass and Pastor Clint Wiley. We,
1: yeah. Yes. It's technically the Reverend. Oh, church Okay. Bass.
0: Mm-hmm. Just well,
1: get I'm about. sorry.
0: I want to introduce the Reverend Clint Wiley. Good, Chiefs. And the Reverend Jeremy Bass. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Absolutely. I don't think we can really say Merry Christmas
2: anymore, but I did it, nope. did it anyways. No, nope, that's done.
0: Um, uh, How was your guys' Christmas? How was your New Year's?
2: Uh, Christmas was great. Uh, a lot of time with the family, so... That's always a, a plus in a, in a season where uh, sometimes in the church we get pretty busy, so it's hard. sometimes it's not as much family time during the actual Christmas season, but this year, like once Christmas hit uh, and, and beyond, it was really nice, great family time. So, loved it. Yeah,
1: I got sick the week before <laughs> Christmas awesome. Eve, which was uh, not fun. <laughs> Uh, Do not recommend doing that and had to uh, drag and claw my way uh, through the mud and the muck to be able to preach on Christmas Eve, but you know what, I'm a champion. And I yeah, I got to
2: got to jump in for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that kind yeah. of last minute. <laughs> yeah, Clint, uh,
1: the 19th, actually. So I had a fever the, eight, the day before, and I was like, no, I'll be fine for Sunday. I can preach Sunday. And then I got a fever that morning, and I texted Clint, and I was like, ah, I was wrong. I cannot <laughs> preach tomorrow. You got like a day. Good luck.
0: Yeah, I kind of remember during Christmas Eve, you might have compared yourself to Michael Jordan.
1: Uh, I feel like that is a, an apt analogy. <laughs> Uh, it was one of my favorite analogies. I try to do a lot of uh, jokes in my sermon, or not a lot. I try to do a few in my sermon, and they almost always fall flat, but they make me laugh every time I write it, which is really the <laughs> only really reason. That's really what it's all about. That's really well, the only reason I do it. You
0: know what's been crazy is like, ever since you got here, I've been like, man, Jeremy reminds me of somebody famous. And then when you said Michael Jordan, I was like, that's it. That's, it. That's, it the one. that's the one. That's
2: the
1: one. You know, he can shoot a basketball very well. I do not know how to shoot a basketball game. We're basically the same person. <laughs> there we go.
0: There we go. Uh, before we dive into to more of the content, I just want to get, you know, we do have a Chiefs fan in our midst. and I'll Absolutely. Get your, your unbridled thoughts. How do you think your Chiefs are going to do come playoff time you know, here? Does it hurt that they're not the number one seed in the
2: play actually, playoffs? Actually, it doesn't. Okay. Um, you know, having having a number one seed is really hard for a Chiefs fan because you're... There's a whole week where you don't even get to watch the Chiefs at all. But, so, as, uh, I think we've lost intentionally, um, so that the Chiefs fans would continue to have, actually, it's, it's also more gate um, oh, good point. money, so there's an extra game at home. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And so, so you know, uh, I mean, this week, I will say, I am a huge Texans fan, because... They play the Titans. And if the Texans do beat the Titans, Chiefs go back to number one. I was about to say, I think uh,
0: I got this Bears jersey for Christmas, which is why I'm displaying it. But I think as Bears and Texan fans, we really can't add to this conversation No, really at all. We really can't. But we're proud of you, man. But for this week, go Texans. Mm There we go. Yeah. Go Texans. Yeah, and, and go Bears. Everybody said that. Let the record show. Okay. <laughs> um, so, the uh, sermon series, uh, just a, a reminder, we're talking about our Undistance series. Um, and so, kind of just some sermon titles that we went through. Obviously, this is Advent, so it's Hope, Joy, Peace, and Love, uh, culminating in Christmas Eve where we light the Christ candle. But um, we had the Ministry of Presence. Uh, a God who hears, which is Zachariah's story, God who sees, which is Mary's story, uh, spiritually present with the socially distant, um, the 26th was the ministry of spiritual undistancing, and uh, this uh, past Sunday as we're recording today was Epiphany. Um, and uh, if you want to catch up on any of those uh, sermons, we we have all of them on the podcast on Spotify and Amazon and Google, um, and I think a couple other places, but those are kind of the three primary. Um, but want to throw it to Clint. Clint was the one that designed this sermon series, so I want to give him an opportunity to talk about what kind of anchored this series. What did you kind of build it around?
2: Yeah. So actually, it was a huge blessing that I got to do a lot of the pre work. Designing the series, um, was sitting down with Matt Robinson, he and I kind of kind of co-authored this this series. Uh, I was slotted to to teach one one of the weeks of the series um, the december twenty sixth uh, so the day after Christmas, that was the one that I was slotted for, but during the series, both Bert and Jeremy went down like days before the like literally a day before both of them before it was before sunday on saturday at some point and um and so it was a huge blessing that i had already done a lot of the pre-work on a lot of these sermons uh because i was given that like all right you're you're preaching it um and so it was it was a huge blessing to be able to to be able to teach those um so i actually got to teach three weeks in a row which was which was pretty awesome um so as we were kind of planning the series, um, you know, Advent is something we do every year, and so it's kind of redundant. The which is not a bad thing. Uh, I think we we need to be reminded um, of of why why Jesus came. Uh, we need to be reminded at Easter of of the the, the resurrection because those are huge celebratory points in in Christian history and uh, in our faith, uh, and really anchor anchor points for us, but uh, that that common um, kind of joy, peace, hope, love, um, those are things that we do every year, and, and it really didn't feel right to do those because this, the last, really the last two years haven't felt normal, you know? Um, and so, we felt like we really needed to contextualize the message um, of, of Advent this year, and really as as kind of was praying and Asking God, like, where do you want us to go with this? Um, it became very evident that that one of the the things that we dealt we dealing with so much was the that isolation um, that we are we're, we're isolated from one another um, in our in our lives, but also because of COVID has has kind of really ramped that up. Um, as pastors, we we've tried to go into we we've been not able to go into hospitals to visit people who are sick, um, and those people have typically been the ones that need that physical uh, presence, you know, so much. And family family and friends haven't been able to visit them, and um, it's just been a really isolating disease, um, illness, or virus, or whatever we call it. But um, and it's been that it's been the the disease that has Kept us from one another. Kept us distanced. And the irony is that Christmas is all about... Uh, the Advent season is all about... The z- disease of, of sin is really what undistanced yeah. Christ from us. Um, which which is, is the reason why he came to earth. To draw near to us. Um, and to be, to be present with us. And so it's just cool to see as we, as we process through each of the stories and these common stories that we always hear about and read about, um, how much that theme ran throughout it. Um, so it was, it was cool to see it, see it come to life and to see each pastor as they taught kind of take their own spin on, on each of the texts yeah. with that theme.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. And, uh, uh, I want to throw it to, to Jeremy, you know, uh, a lot of times in this format, you know we have the d- designer like pastor and then we throw it to kind of the second one just to kind of get general thoughts. But obviously with with Advent with Christmas, uh, this isn't any of our you know, first rodeo, per se, with, with Advent and with Christmas. So, uh, Jeremy, what was kind of something you noticed that was unique about this Christmas series and and season that might have been different than than any that you've been a part of as a congregation member or as, like, a pastor or staff member?
1: Yeah, I think one thing I really liked about this series that Clint talked about was, um, you know, we'd often, <clears throat> we always try to tailor our sermon series to our congregation um, There's a reason we don't follow the lectionary and we write sermon series instead is because we we think that we'll, we'll have a better understanding of the kind of needs, the issues, where the Lord is speaking into our congregation than necessarily just the lectionary text would. And so it was really cool that as we do Advent, kind of the one thing that we sort of let the lectionary dictate what we preach is, um, that we Clint was able to find uh, how Advent and how this Christmas season really paralleled uh, problems and issues that our congregation was going through. Um, I mean, issues that we're going through yeah. on staff, issues that we're going through on pastor of just how how easy it's been through these past almost year and a
2: half, two years. Yeah, um, one thing just to speak to that um, after writing the series. Uh, my dad got COVID and I was uh, like really bad, was in the hospital um, and went up to Kansas City just to, to be there and be with him and, and like in the middle of this series as, as we're teaching this, like I got to experience like mm. my dad in the hospital I went up there to be with my mom who then got COVID and so the whole reason I went up there was to be present with them and then I couldn't you know, Like I couldn't be with my mom during that season. I couldn't even go to the hospital to visit my dad and be there with him. And it's just that it was, it, all of that like highlighted. Yeah. It really like hit, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, even for me, I felt kind of recently, uh, maybe not that distance from the Lord, but just feeling like, um, I always struggle with feeling like, am I doing enough? Am I good mm-hmm. enough? Um, is what I'm doing for the Lord, worthy of the calling he's placed on my life. Um, and it, it was like in the middle of a sermon, during this sermon series, that the Lord was just like, "I came down to earth to be close to you. Mm. Like I don't care Take. about, I don't care about you know your performance or how good you are, how, how bad you think you are. I came to like be with you. Yeah. And so even just like in in my own life, it was sort of refreshing to be like, okay, the Lord has undistanced Himself from me." Um, and my struggles and what I'm going through. So it was just really cool to, it's always cool when we think we know (laughs) what, what the, what the Lord wants to do. Um, and what's really cool. And sometimes we'll write a sermon series like that and it'll be like, okay, this is actually, we, we did listen to the Lord and we did hear him. And this was really cool to see how he was Mm -hmm. able to move through that.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, definitely some, some sermon series, um, and like, I feel the same way about worship songs is like some are just really formational, you know, Absolutely. like, like in Christ alone is like a great example of just like great, just truth about Jesus. But then sometimes you introduce a song and it's like, <laughs> we are yeah. all thinking about that and I'm glad you sang that or, you know, yeah. and, and I definitely felt that about the sermon series as, as we've been talking, I just have felt like it, it'd be, it'd be cool and be good to just point out like. It was really great to be together for Christmas Eve. You know, obviously for those of us that have really been a part of our our congregation know that two Christmas Eves ago, we had to cancel just because of COVID stuff. And, but, you know, even on top of saying that too, it was like, we also, I think all looked around the space and though it was great to be together, realized that there were people, uh, whether they had COVID or were, you know, dealing with issues and stuff. So, um, you know, if you were a part of our Christmas Eve service, it was just great to see you. And it was just great to be in the room Uh, Together and and we're excited for the the times when some of our things in our world have passed that we can really all just kind of safely just enjoy being in God's presence again.
2: (laughs) One of the one of the funny things throughout the season uh, with kind of the the graphic of undistanced and the title undistanced. we weren't saying that we don't that we we don't <laughs> approve of social distancing <laughs> right i think there was some miscommunication or yeah. mis- misunderstanding of of this this idea of undistance mm-hmm. like that we are supposed to be together no matter what mm-hmm. uh, but the the <laughs> the core of it is that god is god is undistancing yeah. from mm-hmm. us yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, it was funny to to see that throughout the yeah. Uh, yeah, some yeah. social media posts and people mm-hmm. are like oh you why would you do that? You know. Yeah. But. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's cool you say that too because I think some of what we're going to talk about later in this conversation yeah. is directly like, hey, for those of us that are like, God wants to speak equally to those of us that are super comfortable being together in the Absolutely. space. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm back and I'm back. Period. You know. And for uh, those of us that are part of our family that are, they like, I'm so not back, or like, I'm yeah. kind of a fifty-fifty situation yeah. going on here. That, that the Lord w- wants to be close and in close proximity to everybody wherever we're coming from so um, let's so zooming out a little bit yeah uh, you know Advent is always I feel like the Lord in a really unique way being part of the Methodist Church speaks to me about Advent because I didn't grow up Methodist and I think a lot of people that definitely in our, our contemporary space that we're in uh, this afternoon uh, didn't grow up in the Methodist Church necessarily and so I think from the outside uh, a Methodist expression of advent can just look like a bunch of candles like candles period and obviously there is so much more than that so am gonna kind of flip it to jeremy here talk about advent you know what is it uh what do we do but also like why do we why do we do that
1: yeah so <clears throat> methodist expression of advent is probably varies greatly depending on which methodist church you go to um, Methodism is kind of unique in that we don't have a set kind of liturgy or the structure that our worship is um, designed and ordered. But one of, the, one of the main things of Advent, especially throughout church history, uh, the church has always been really big in seasons of preparation. And you see that kind of modeled in mm-hmm. Scripture. So like for, for Lent, we have the 40 days of, of <clears throat> fasting in preparation for the resurrection of Jesus, um, which is modeled after the, the 40 days of uh, Jesus in the wilderness being tempted by Satan or the 40 years of the Israelites in the desert. It's that time of preparation. Advent sort of a similar time of preparation around these really high holy days in the Christian faith. You know, we have the re- Jesus being dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. Big, biggest high holy day in the church. And then you have uh, Christmas day, the celebration, the day that we celebrate uh, Jesus Christ being born and how the early church recognized that there needs to be a time that we prepare, prepare our hearts, prepare our lives, mm-hmm for that event, because how often do we just kind of live our lives going through the motions? Mm -hmm. How often do we live our lives uh, in getting stuck in routines and rhythms that aren't necessarily good for us? And so the church recognized that in in preparation for these high holy days and these high moments of celebration, we need to shift our focus and do something different. So most of the church would take time of Advent as a time of fasting, fasting. Um, we usually associate Advent as a time of Christmas parties, uh, which I would say is probably the opposite of uh, fasting. Um, but it's just that time of how are we preparing our hearts for the coming of the Christ Child? How are we maybe slowing down, uh, doing things differently than we have been doing in anticipation for what it means for God to be among us? When we talked about our church calendar uh, sermon a few week about a month ago. You know, we, taught, we showed that graphic of the, the church calendar is filled with these ascents and descents. And that Advent is a, a time of, of descent into the manger. About how God comes, as we celebrate Christ as king of all. And then we descend down from that as the king who enters down into our darkness. Who enters into the messiness of life. And how sometimes we need to take that time to
2: descend as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think it's our understanding of of Advent um, just gets lost so much in the in the busyness of Christmas. Um, really, it's so much of a um, of a, a period of of lament and a period of kind of waiting, a period a period of um, where. We look at like I mean the four four hundred years of silence, coming coming up to to the birth of Christ. Um, it is that that long long waited um, anticipation, uh, and it's it, using that descent doesn't look anything like Christmas lights and um, and Christmas parties and all of in the kind of the chaos and the busyness and the. The marketing and the presence and all of that—it um, looks a whole lot more like, like fasting mm-hmm. and preparing yeah. our hearts yeah. through, through through long periods of of silence, you yeah. know, of of yeah. kind of darkness of waiting for God. Yeah,
1: and it's one of those things that you know, as we say that, not that any of that stuff is you know <laughs> right. bad. I mean, yeah. I love shopping going christmas shopping for people i love christmas parties like that's all great but it's also
2: how are we like the drummer boy you know love the songs and... yeah
1: yeah the little yeah the, the worst christmas song of all time the little drummer boy yeah um like are we are we taking this christmas season and uh you know we do things differently you know in our culture but are we also at the same time doing things differently in our spiritual life um I had a thought, and you broke it. Oh, I got (laughs) it. Um, It was... uh, So Erica is one of those people that loves Christmas music, and I am one of those people that demands in my own personal life and in the stereos in our house that uh, Christmas music has to wait until after Thanksgiving because it only can be done during Advent. Amen. Erica likes to start uh, in October, and I always tell her every year, uh, this is a great opportunity for you to experience your own advent of waiting <laughs> for when you can play Christmas music. And she does not appreciate that whenever I say that.
0: Um, yeah, no, that, I mean, all that is really good. And, and, and to kind of s- stick in, in that like, space for a second, um, I want to talk about cultural pieces around the, the story. Because, you know, even as you guys were, were talking about kind of the going down to the manger as, it, as you know, fasting and stuff, I, I keep thinking about the story of Christmas and how when... Um, like we we celebrate now as though like all of Bethlehem and all of kind of that province like heard the angel voices and heard the singing and like that's what our culture does with with music and KSPJ as soon as it's the day after Thanksgiving like boom only Christmas music like that's the culture we we experience but that is not like you know Jesus was born in a manger among the animals like that's a reality you know and so to follow that I, I just want to throw it to Clint first to say what's, what's kind of a cultural piece you found in restudying the Christmas story that kind of maybe changes like the American Christmas card about the moment or about the event. What's kind of something that in your preparation that you're like, ooh, this, this kind of comes in conflict with what we think about as Christmas?
2: Yeah, most, most of the characters in the Christmas story are nobody's from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they're not significant. They're not, they're not important they are they're just common everyday people and we've i think we we put these people up on pedestals um where where they don't they would say that they don't belong mm. um and and the fact that this whole this whole period of of time um you know we celebrate these things that happen um but for them these were just incredibly profound moments. I mean, if we experienced any one of these moments, mm-hmm. yeah. it would be just totally world changing for us. Um, but for them, even more so, because they hadn't heard a word from the Israelite people; hadn't heard a word from God for 400 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, uh, a really a, kind of a spiritual drought. And you see, you see people like Zechariah who. Um, in the midst of this spiritual drought ha, is still serving the lord faithfully um, which is just a just a beautiful piece of uh in those moments where we are just in in spiritual drought that God still calls us to serve faithfully mm-hmm. and to be obedient to what he 's called us to do mm-hmm. in four hundred years and he 's still still walking into the Holy of Holies or walking into the yeah. to the outer court you know and to to offer the sacrifice, you know, um which is just you know it's it's just so yeah so profound, but we just we miss that in the midst of of the the Christmas story the,
0: yeah
2: the whole. yeah even I, mean, I feel like
0: that's even like zechariah specifically that's even a takeaway alone because I mean just the the title of that message on Zechariah's story was God who hears. So I feel like, you know, if you're listening and you're watching and you're like, I feel whether it be my family or my space or my church or whatever's in a spiritual drought, I mean, just know that God hears you you know, yeah. uh, alone. So if, if that's anything that gets taken away, that's beautiful. But uh, kick it to you, Jeremy. You know, cultural peace about studying Advent, studying Christmas versus kind of the way that we think
1: about it. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Got a little catch in my throat just now. Um, I did a lot of research for the uh, sermon. I didn't end up preaching. <laughs> I literally wrote the outline.
0: I just want to say this is not really the space to preach that whole sermon. No, it's I'm just not. messing. With you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things so, that I found. So here you go. <laughs> um, a lot with that was especially with that shepherd story was that there was a lot of parallels between the titles of Jesus and the titles that Caesar Augustus had. So like the title of savior was given to Augustus. Mm. That Augustus was a savior who had come and given peace. uh, That Jesus has come to give peace to all the world. Caesar Augustus was someone who came and gave peace to all the Roman world. And calling Jesus Lord, Lord was a common title for Caesar it's really cool just how the the gospel story really subverts uh, what it means to be powerful, uh, what it means to be king, Mm. what it means to have influence in the world. I mean, even just just think about how we even do a lot of things today. It's about getting the biggest social media platform, having the biggest YouTube page, um, having the most Instagram followers, like all these kind of metrics that we say, like if we can just get eyeballs on us so we can just get people to look at us then we can do something and transform and that was the model of caesar whereas the model of jesus was to go to a nowhere village um like i was trying to just like imagine like your classic small east texas town that has like a few hundred people like that's where that's where the son of god was born into like instead of being born in washington dc goes to a middle-of-nowhere town in East Texas and is
2: born. Or a middle-of-nowhere town in Afghanistan. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Like it's m- not even America. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we contextualize everything as, like, oh, yeah. American. You know? Yeah. We Americanize all these things, all these stories and locations and places. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in a place like America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... And then just how, like,
1: how transformative that is to our understanding of power, authority, Um you know, just how how we serve one another, how we view ourselves. Like, are we are we trying to get up close to Caesars in the world? Are we trying to serve the people that Jesus served? That's good. You should have preached that. I should have. <laughs> the Lord had other plans.
0: <clears throat> okay, so really, really practical. You know, we've kind of zoomed out, getting really practical. Uh, as I was just kind of like looking at like the logo, thinking about the phrase "undistance," I I was struck by uh, the concept of like proximity and intimacy with the Lord, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, I think intimacy with the Lord and proximity to the Lord, like really freak people out. You know, like we, everybody has like a version of like an Instagram quiet time, you know, where it's like, it's out on a dock in the middle of the lake and the sun is just rising which I, I hate getting up at sun, sunrise, so that always <laughs> knocks that out for me, period. But you have your coffee and you have your Bible, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, like, like, make a big deal out of the preparation, you know, that like the room or the setting or, like, the vibe must be right. And then we kind of sit at the table mm-hmm. and we're like, what do I do, you know? Yeah. And so uh, any, anyone wants to, to start this, I just thought it'd be good for people listening or watching to kind of, what are some practical tips <clears throat> that y'all can give, whether it be in your personal quiet time life or something that you feel like scripture points to, um, to encourage, challenge, give a framework to kind of grow intimacy with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit. What do y'all think?
1: Yeah, I think, I think kind of the biggest thing starting out um, is that I, we often associate how we're feeling with our closeness to the Lord Mm-hmm. um especially in our quiet time like we'll be thinking like we had a great quiet time this morning i felt really good about that and then on the times that we don't maybe necessarily have that good feeling we say oh that was a bad quiet time with the lord and sort of we let our emotions be the primary driver of what what intimacy with god is like um there's a book famous spiritual treatise written by a monk, a medieval monk called Brother Lawrence, and it's called Practicing the Presence of God. And he talks about the time that he drew closest to the Lord and practiced being in God's presence wasn't during Mass, it wasn't during his scripture reading or his prayer time. He drew closest to the Lord uh, washing dishes every day for decades. He talked about how in, in his mundane tasks, Um, rather than Mm -hmm. thinking about whatever or doing something else, he he spent time with God. You know, I look at my own life and I think oftentimes, how many times do I take silence and fill it with noise? Mm. Um, I got to put on something on TV. I got to put on a podcast. I got to listen to music. I got to do something than just sort of sit and be quiet and be in the silence. It's almost like we're drowning out Mm. space uh, to let God move and to let God speak. And so even when it comes to like intimacy with the Lord, I think it starts off first with an expectation that God wants to mm-hmm. talk to us, that God mm-hmm. wants to be with us. Um, I think many times we don't think that God wants to do that, <coughs> that we have to like oh, yeah. search really hard to find it, like we're like a pig digging for truffles and that's what it's like uh, for God to want to be with us rather than What Scripture says, where Jesus says, "Hey, look, I'm at the door knocking. Would you just let me in?" That's all I want. Yeah. That's all I want you to do is just let me in. Um, And you know, choosing to let him in daily is kind of the the call that we have on our life to do it. And so, just having that expectation that Jesus wants to be close and be intimate with us is something that I think is underrated. Um, in getting close to Jesus. And I think one thing, too, that's preventing us often from letting Jesus in is I think we're afraid of what will happen Mm. when God comes close. I know that's, um, maybe that's just my own insecurity because that's sometimes what I do to God and it's like, all right, Mm. you're good right there. Uh, Don't get any closer because when you get closer, you're going to ask me to do something that I really don't want to do. And it's almost like we're distrustful of God's character you know, it's almost like when you have a friend and you don't really trust them all that much, uh, there's a there's a level, a barrier that you're going to put up that you allow them to come close to. Mm-hmm. And if scripture calls us to friendship with God, as Jesus you know, says, I don't call you servants anymore, I call you friends. Mm-hmm. That friendship with God is something he desires with us, and we're putting up that barrier, and there's going to be a barrier to the intimacy because we haven't fully Absolutely. trusted him.
2: Yeah, I think... Th- I think that barrier um, ripples out into the rest of our lives, right when we put that barrier up, I think it hinders hinders our witness, you know which mm-hmm. like if I were to take one thing from this series and say like that this is something that we need to pursue as a church, I would say um, that that number one that intimacy with the Lord is. First and prime and primary, mm-hmm. um, before anything that we do out in the community, before anything that we create in the world, um, it must come from an intimacy with, yeah. uh, it must com- come from that undistancing ourselves from the from the Messiah, from the from the the Creator, from from the One who created us and made us and um, <clears throat> and desires so much to be in relationship with us. Um, so I mean that's that's kind of the, even the foundation of the series is it, undistancing is that um, that we are called to be close and intimate with God and out of that um, He pours out kind of the ministry of undistance of undistancing um, in uh, in um, oh I just blanked on. Where it is, but uh, Jesus calls us uh, or Paul calls us um, to the ministry of reconciliation mm-hmm. to the world um, he calls us ambassadors uh, to Christ, um, ministers of reconciliation, and so if we are called to be ministers of reconciliation to the world then um then, because he has reconciled himself to us, because he's undistanced himself mm-hmm. to us, we are called to be ambassadors for him, undistancing the world to to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but that that doesn't happen if we are if we don't allow that intimacy with yeah. with God. Yeah, that that I just looked it up. I have the power of the computer,
0: yeah. but um, it's Second uh, Corinthians five eleven to twenty one is where yep. that is. And that's so that's the... that's really good. Uh, just something I was thinking about as as. As y'all were were talking there, which there was a lot of really good stuff there, um, is to ask what has been what has been like the most game changing discipline in your quiet time with the Lord. Like what has been something? If it is just reading the Bible, like that's that's it can be great. But just to chime in, just to give some someone listening or or watching just some really practical. What has been kind of the biggest thing that's just kind of changed the game with Jesus?
2: I think I think for me it's been um allowing allowing Jesus to start the process. Mm. And so instead of me jumping in and doing when I open the word or start in, in prayer and just kind of working through my prayer list, um, just taking like moments of silence and saying, god, what do you what do you want for this time? God, what would you have me to pray? Um, what would you have me to read? Um, and so instead of just, jumping in and and just finishing a, a Bible reading plan which I think are great and I've had some really great spiritual growth moments from Bible reading plans um, but just starting starting with the question like allowing it all to come from the source and just take moments of, of that silence to say God what would you have me to do and allowing him to lead
1: gosh there's so much uh,
2: you, you can do like a top
0: let's say
1: Limit a top two. Top two. Like your A-side. Yeah, my A-side. There it is. My A-side spiritual practices. Um, I think for me, the biggest change occurred when I was radically honest with God about where I was and how I felt about him. Um, I think we're oftentimes afraid of what God will think of us when we tell him what we really think. I mean, even just like the stuff that we... Don't want our spouse to know, or our kids to know, or our parents to know. Is you know, God, I am not sure if I believe in you, um, God. I don't know if you're really good, God. I'm I'm not sure if you love me, God. You know, just like those like really raw, honest thoughts that you have, that you're like afraid what will happen when you tell God that. Um, because spoiler, alert, God already knows uh, that you thought them, <laughs> and He knew from eternity not eternity past he knew from all time uh that you were gonna have those thoughts and one of the reasons that Jesus came is so that you can lay those thoughts on him and so having just radical honesty with the Lord Mm -hmm. it really changes the relationship you know if we go back to God being a friend uh If you want to have intimacy with someone, you gotta be honest with them, Mm. and that you know you know the difference between a fake friend and a real friend who's Mm. always putting on a nice face, and you're never really letting you're never really letting them in, or they're really never letting you in. That when you have that honesty, that creates a new depth and level of intimacy. Uh, Second thing was writing down my prayers. Mm. That Mm. was a really big thing for me, Um, and that helped me with the honesty because I'm a I'm a better writer I think than I am a speaker. And so I was able to write down what I was feeling maybe when I couldn't say it. Or write down prayers that I wanted to pray or write down what I thought the Lord was saying to me um, or promises he was speaking to me. And what's really cool about writing down those prayers is uh, you can go back and look at them and see how the Lord's been faithful in answering them. I think that's one of the coolest things, especially is... Knowing, like, we all know God answers prayers, but there's something different about knowing God answers my prayers. God answered that prayer right there, and I can see the fruit of it in my life. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I think something that that we've been saying, Clint, I think you preached this sermon a couple months ago, and it's been something that's like just kept coming up in some of the spontaneous moments in worship has been that God equips you with your story Mm. to go into the world that's around you. To change yeah. the world for His kingdom, and I mean, there's really nothing more yeah. stone cold proof of God moving in your life than like I wrote this down, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's happening, you know, and, and that's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like there's so much as well too. Just like as I was, you know, hearing you guys, I was like, oh yeah, God's been doing that in my life. That's that's important. Uh, I think I think silence has been a huge thing for me. Yeah, uh, opening my time with the Lord was just an opportunity to. Instead of going from maybe making breakfast, checking a couple emails, doing some planning center stuff, and then being like, okay, I've got like 10 minutes. Let's have yeah. a great time with the Lord, you know? Yeah. And, and I think reserving, it takes more time, you know, which is probably why more people aren't so quick to adopt something like that versus yeah. like a plan or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I think like reading longer passages of, of Scripture has been kind of a game changer to me a little bit, you know. It's mm. like when uh when you want to do like a 14-day Bible reading plan of James, which I think only has 5 chapters. Yeah. yeah. I, I can five be wrong, six, which is seven. fine. But um but uh but I mean that's not even that's like not even half a chapter a day, you know. So to It's good mass. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um but uh to to just say like just read just like Start the Bible app I, I like I like listening to the Bible and then following along on the hard copy, but just start reading and just like reading God's character over mm-hmm. longer stretches of scripture has been something that God's really been using in my life personally. Um,
1: one more oh, one thing Go was, so one thing that's really cool, <clears throat> if you have the time, because this is a very big time commitment, one of the things that they made me do in seminary uh, was read through an entire book of the Bible three times in one day. Uh, again, this is a very big time commitment. You could do a smaller book like James, and that would probably be easier. It's like Titus. But what he had us do uh, was read through, and he had us read through Matthew, which is not a not a small book. Uh, so, it took six hours to read through Matthew six or three times in a day. But what you see, and he wanted you to look at, just see how the story holds together, see what the common theme is, see what the common argument is that the writer Mm -hmm. makes. Because oftentimes when we read, I mean, the chapters and verses were added by medieval monks to make things easier to locate. And so we're segmenting the text in a way that was never meant to be segmented. And so we miss kind of the cohesive argument. You know, it's like if you... It'd be almost like you're watching a YouTube video of someone lecturing. You watch 10 minutes, pause, evaluate it. And then the next day you go back and you watch 10 more minutes, pause, and evaluate it. It's like you can do that and it's you know there's some value in it. But mm-hmm. the thing that you may be critiquing or wondering, is it going to get resolved? Oh, it's going to get resolved here in 20 minutes or... Uh, that yeah. you're going to miss him bringing up this constant theme all the time if you keep taking these longer breaks yeah. so just reading those large chunks is really mm-hmm. formational. just to even read big stories of scripture like yeah. the david story or the the joseph story reading it all in one cohesive sitting is really helpful yeah
0: not to not to dwell on this next question here because i know we we need to start wrapping up a little bit, but, um, and this topic is such a deep, well, we could, Absolutely. we could do hours, <laughs> but, um, this is seaside. Let's there you go. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, let's say someone is listening, watching, and they're like, you know, honestly, like, I love, I love this and I want to grow in my faith, but I have like never done anything outside of maybe go to church or maybe go to youth group or something like that. You know, what, what are some, if, if, if you were, you know, if you are kind of having a meeting with someone that was just like, all right, how do I grow? Like, I have no context for this. Um, what, what are kind of maybe two or three peers in a quiet time or a Bible time or a time with the Lord? You know, we have all these kind of phrases. What are maybe, what's kind of maybe a, a little progression, like 15, 20 minutes if someone's just like, I just want to start something. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're in our kids ministry or something like that too. They're like, I just want to, this sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I just want to start something what what would kind of be maybe two or three tenets of just starting like a healthy
2: quiet time uh I would say two things one one is related to a quiet time and one is related to um just who you're surrounded by mm-hmm. um one I would say uh just just start start reading uh, with a with a lens that says God teach me mm. um and then two is surround yourself with people who are, who are ahead of you in their faith, mm. um, because I think I think those two things together um, lead us lead us onto a path of of desiring to grow, um, in in all areas of our lives.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think a good good I would second, Clint, especially surrounding yourself with community. Like if someone. Someone says, I don't know how to grow my faith. Okay, well, who are your friends? Are your friends having you grow in your faith? I know one of my biggest, of my biggest changes in my spiritual growth happened when I went to college and I surrounded myself with friends who were actively pursuing mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. versus kind of the friends in high school who were passively pursuing Christ or just kind of going to church. I mean, that was the biggest game changer for me in my faith is it was like, oh... We can talk about God. <laughs> this is not yeah. weird. Um, and then just kind of a, I think Clint, read scripture with an expectation that God wants to speak to you. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the biggest the biggest thing that you can do. Like I, I know for me in my life, that was a big shift in me when I not just read scripture, but said, I think that the Lord has something to say to me in this text when I read it this morning. And you just keep reading either rereading the same chapter or keep reading, like keep going until you feel like the Lord has imparted something to you. Um, that's just a really easy way to start. So I'd say mm-hmm. read scripture with an expectation God speaks and then prayer. Prayer is just talking with the Lord. So just be honest with him um, and then go about your day. That's kind of, those are kind of very simple, very basic ways to have a quiet time. Yeah, I was,
0: was going to say, I, until you just said that, I was going to add on, like, I think honesty and prayer is something that I wish would have been uh, been uh, more emphasized to me growing up too, just like God can handle if you're like, I'm having a horrible day right now mm-hmm. and I don't really want to talk to you because yeah. I've heard that you control everything and you're, I'm having a terrible day. You know, like, like that's where mm-hmm. I would have been when I really started, you know, yeah. prayer um, and uh to the honesty, I think is super important. Um, all right, so closing up here, I just want to put it out here. I know I'm putting this on the spot and I have it up on the on the computer, but does anyone remember what our Advent sermon series
1: was last year? Um, I know the scriptures... It was, uh, we looked at the prophet Isaiah.
0: Okay, that's true. We looked that's true. at the
1: parallels to the Gospels and how they were the fulfillment. Oh, reclaiming Christmas promises. Wow. Nailed it. Nailed there we it. go.
0: Everybody in the room, let's clap for Jeremy right now. I think it's because I wrote it last year. There we go. I was in student ministry and we didn't follow that. Either, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so, you know, as, uh, as time moves on, we're going to have new sermon series and new priorities and new things come up in, in our church. But uh, kind of Clint if you want to answer this and maybe have some kind of a closing prayer, Um, what is something, a specific thing from undistanced that you don't want us to kind of leave behind in Christmas 2021?
2: Yeah. Um, I think it's the the one that we're called to be intimate Mm. with Christ. Mm. We're called to be undistanced from Christ in our everyday life. That's not just the thing that he did 2,000 years ago, but that's the thing that he desires to do every day um is to draw near. Um and then two, that we are called to to bring Jesus to the world. Mm-hmm. Um that we're called to be to be advocates for for Christ to the world. Um we are called to the ministry of undistancing. Um uh, as kind of as as John the Baptist was uh to the world to kind of prepare the way um, our our thoughts, our actions, our words, also prepare the way for people to hear the gospel. Mm. Um, if our if the way that we are living out our lives is contrary to the gospel, yet we call ourselves followers of Christ, mm. then we then we're not preparing the way mm. for for Christ in the world. Um, we're actually deterring people from following Christ. If they look at that, if that's what a Christian is like, then I don't want anything to do with it. Um, so through our through our words and through our deeds, uh, we are we are preparing a way for that person to know Christ on a deeper level. Yeah. yeah. Want to close us? I'd love to. Uh, God, we give you thanks. Um, we give you thanks because you are here, and that you're drawing near to us every day, and you're drawing near to us um, even in these conversations. God, would you, would you season our lives with conversations like this? Uh, would you season our, our days with moments that we stop and recognize your presence? God, would you give us opportunities to, to be a light in, in a dark world? Would you give us an oppor- opportunities each day to, uh, to show the world who you are in our lives um, and in in the ways that you have uh, revealed yourselves to us, uh, God, would you equip us and, and encourage us and empower us to live boldly for you um, in ways that uh, we can't help but tell your story uh, to the world because you have because you are so so near to us mm. and you've impacted our lives uh, so deeply. So. This is our this is our ask we know it's hard uh, we know it's hard in this world, but we um, we wholeheartedly seek and desire um, to be near to you and, and in those moments when we don't desire to be near to you God um, help our hearts to believe in your name we pray
0: amen amen, amen. well hey if you uh, if the Lord spoke to you and you wanted to reach out to either one of these um, uh, great guys. Uh, that is Jeremy Bass at KingwoodUMC.org and Clint Wiley at KingwoodUMC.org. It's two L's. Two L's. I've I've uh, I've messed that up before. <laughs> uh, and then if you're a Bears fan, or if you want to talk about. Uh, Jesus, uh, I'm Ryan Stuckman at KingwoodUMC.org. So. Not even gonna to try to spell yeah, that. No one knows how to spell. Not a chance. So <laughs> you can find me on Facebook or something. Um, <laughs> love you guys. Love you family. I uh, hope this will encourage you and and know that the Lord is doing things um, from Monday to Saturday as well as on Sunday morning. Love you guys.